Costs to originate keep rising, even with more technology in the industry. The problem is the core platform. A new LOS can re-architect the process around data, not humans moving paper files. Vesta has built this LOS, and you can learn more at Vesta.com. HousingWire Daily examines the most compelling mortgage, real estate, and fintech articles reported from the HousingWire newsroom. Each afternoon, the HW Digital team provides our listeners with a deeper look into the stories that are helping move markets forward. Hosted and produced by Alcina Lloyd and Victoria Wickham. And now, here's our host. Pulled from the hottest topics coming across our news desk, I'm Alcina Lloyd, and this is HousingWire Daily. Today's episode features the fourth installment of Honest Conversations. In this episode, Pasley Johnson, My Home Pathways founder and CEO, discusses the relationship minorities have with financial education and home ownership. But before we listen, here's a brief word from our sponsor. Caliber Home Loans is committed to diversity and inclusion, and we're focused on helping all buyers achieve the dream of home ownership. Our specialized programs are designed to support you through the entire home buying process, from purchasing your home to paying off your last mortgage payment. Contact Caliber Home Loans if you'd like to learn more. I'm your host, Alcina Lloyd, and this is Honest Conversations. Today, I'm joined with Cassie Johnson, My Home Pathways founder and CEO. That's why I think today's guest is the perfect person to discuss this message. Cassie is here to speak to us about America's racial economic divide and why he believes home ownership is the best way to close the gap. I want to start this interview by introducing you to our audience. Can you tell us a bit about yourself and your journey through the finance sector? Hey, good afternoon, everyone, or good morning. Uh, good evening, whenever you're uh, listening to this. My name is Cassie Johnson. I am the CEO and founder of My Home Pathway, a fintech startup uh, we started about a year ago in reference to addressing some of the gaps that we've seen in the market around home acquisition, You know, primarily in minority communities, as well as with younger Americans uh, who are being denied access to uh, mortgages and, and to be able to build their financial uh, stability. I have about 15 years in financial experience uh, from the Federal Reserve, AIG, Goldman Sachs, uh, Bank of Montreal, and Ernst & Young. Uh, graduate of NYU Stern in 2008. Shout out to NYU. We'll actually be uh, speaking with uh, in a few days as well. Um, but yeah, just uh, you know, pretty excited to have this opportunity to connect with you, Alcina, and the uh, Housing Wire listeners. We're so happy to have you here and thank you. And our guest for the heart of our message today, he's here to speak to us about America's racial economic divide and why he believes home ownership is the best way to close the gap. As someone who has worked at several finance titans like AIG, BMO Financial, Ernest & Young, the Federal Reserve, JP Morgan Chase, Goldman Sachs, and more, just a list of few, I'm sure you know the finance industry like the back of your hand. During your tenure at some of these companies, what did you learn about the relationship between minority communities, financial education, and banking? Um, To be honest, there's a huge gap between uh, minority communities and majority communities in terms of their personal financial knowledge. Um, And I can actually use my own experience as a simple example of that. Um, I graduated from uh, Penn State um, with a bachelor in business, but I truly didn't understand a lot about my own personal finances. Right, I made actually quite a few 
uh, mistakes uh, after graduating undergrad and didn't quite understand how impactful my credit scores were on my financial life um, and what that meant in terms of making better financial decisions. Um, and then again, in within my cohort and my network, you know, asking people about their own personal financial decisioning and you know where their financial circumstances were, um, truly shed uh, a light for me in terms of the gap that's quite that's out there uh, in a lot of those communities, right? So that was one of the kind of aha moments uh, for myself, and then going back to NYU and truly understanding a lot more about you know finance and banking and how it worked. Um, and that's actually what led me to the Fed. Um, and you know, working at the Fed in 2008 during the last financial crisis, we saw kind of the huge gap there in terms of disparate impact um, from the housing crash and the fact that a lot of minority communities have not recovered from the 2008 to nine crash in terms of their asset appreciation and even access, right? So there are significant gaps that are still uh, out there between uh, minority consumer and majority consumer, as well as millennial consumer uh, financial knowledge and behaviors. As we talk about banking and financial education, we have to talk about home ownership. As we know, a home purchase will often be the largest asset of wealth for many Americans as the investment has the potential to impact their personal wealth. In fact, a study from Black Knight in 2020 indicated that tappable home equity rose to a record $6.5 trillion in July of 2020 alone. Cassidy, my question for you is what could this equity mean for minority borrowers and is home ownership the best way to close the nation's wealth gap? So that's actually a perfect um, segue into uh, some of the statistics that are out there, right? So 70% of middle America's wealth is actually their home equity, right? So it is by far the largest um, source of equity for middle, middle America um, or wealth for middle America. But what's happened for a lot of uh, communities is that that access to home equity or home mortgages has not been equal. Right. So we go back in time and looked at, um, you know, redlining and other um, predatory practices that were actually instituted by our government. Right. HUD was one of the big sponsors of redlining and then financial institutions also did that. So you denied access to significant portions of the population to actually get into home ownership in the first place. And then if you also look at statistics, um, you know, again, further down the line, Home ownership begets more home ownership. So if I wasn't, my grandparents were a homeowner, I'd probably, my parents and me are going to be homeowners, right? And so we're building on top of that legacy of wealth. Um, and so it's almost where we would love to see this, like, you know, we can build wealth from the ground up, but actually wealth is uh, transferred and passed down a lot. And not just in terms of uh, inheritance, but in terms of behaviors, in terms of mindsets, in terms of opportunity. Right. Those are some of the things that are quite different, and that's kind of led to today's circumstances. So if we're looking at home ownership rates uh, for majority and, and minority communities, you'll see significant disparities in 2019, 2020, and even to, in today, 2021, we are you know, right at where we were in terms of when redlining was made illegal in 68. We haven't made any progress in that in those areas. So that's actually a big concern and a big challenge. And when we're seeing tappable home equities, because other folks or majority 
um, populations have been able, those are the ones that are going to be able to tap that 6.5 trillion, right? Because they own most of that. And other communities have not been, you know, given that access to really truly get a part of that, you know, um, American upside dream. All right. Now I want to switch gears, but kind of stay on topic on what you were just discussing. You were recently asked to speak at New York University, NYU, during the 2021 NYU MLK Week series. During the series, you discussed America's economic gap and how housing access and financial empowerment can change the outcomes. You also discussed how improving access to lending via risk PR would be beneficial in transforming the narrative. Can you tell us more about what you had to say? Yeah, again, I think, um, you know, as the numbers prove out that, you know, home equity is by far the largest source of wealth for middle America, um, lack of access equal access to all Americans significantly disproportionately impacts minority communities, right? Um, And so at the end of the day, not only you're hurting those communities, you're hurting the overall economy, right? You're hurting those cities and communities that, you know, those, um, those members live in. So even from a selfish basis, um, you know, state, federal, local governments, business leaders should look at their own, you know, self-interest and like, how do I help those communities so they help me, whether it's a tax base, um, it's proven that, again, uh, the wealth that's generated through home ownership between uh, owners and renters is significant, is a disproportionately larger, right? So it's, I think it's if not mistaken, 50 times greater wealth for uh, homeowners uh, than renters. So, you know, having significant home ownership, equal access to home ownership, um, would like to provide uh, more access to those, uh, those communities. But, you know, as we look at from an MLK's message perspective, um, one of the things from a voting rights and social equality that MLK talked about, he also talked significantly about financial equality. And that's the part of the message that I think we have uh, forgotten. And we somehow, history has kind of overlooked is that we have to, you know, in our own self-interest, that we have to provide better access to greater parts of the, the American dream, right? And to, to other communities as well. All right. Now, in this part of the interview, I'd like to focus on your business and what My Home Pathway is doing to address this exact situation and these problems. Can you let our listeners know what the business is about and some of the initiatives it has launched? Yeah, so My Home Pathway, um, we're a platform um, you know, that works with both consumers and lenders. Um, so from a consumer side, uh, you know, there are about two to three million people every year that get rejected for mortgage applications, right? Because they're typically um, higher, traditionally higher risk profiles. And so we work with uh, organizations um, and institutions that provide an opportunity for those people to opt into our platform. Um, again, similar to Path to the Apple Card that Apple came out with recently. Um, that again looks at providing access to um, traditionally higher risk profiles or underserved communities. And those individuals, if they're you know, traditionally rejected, you know, they can uh, opt into our platform. We will give them an honest assessment of where they are, and then we'll provide them you know, strategic and tailored recommendations that help them to go from unqualified to qualified, right? But at the end of the day, we're trying to move the needle in a few different areas. How do we make you smarter? 
How do we um, help you to improve your behaviors and your financial decisioning? And then that leads to, you know, the access to home equity, right? And the access to home ownership and which is financial outcomes. Uh, so that's really at the, the high level, what the, the platform is doing for on the consumer side. And then on the lender side, we're helping, you know, really good financial institutions that say, hey, we, we want to provide access, but we also want to maintain, you know, pretty good um, risk management, lending standards. So, you know, we can work with those individuals, get them to meet, um, you know, the, our lending partner standards, and then those partners provide good, fair access to capital uh, to our consumers. So we're really trying to help uh, both the financial institutions as well as the consumers um, to kind of meet in the middle, right? How do we provide access, fair access um, to you know, consumers? And then how do we make sure that we provide you know, good consumers to the financial institution so that they can make sure that they continue to have good, healthy earnings and be able to provide capital and access to, to more folks? That is a really unique product and something that will hopefully bring a lot of education to an underserved segment of the market. Now, this is my favorite part of the interview, as I like to ask each Honest Conversation guest the same two questions. What is your biggest area of concern for minority home ownership, and what can the industry do today to address the gap? I think my biggest concern is um, is a couple things. So a lot of minority prospective homeowners are facing, again, credit challenges, uh, debt to income, DTI challenges, and as well as down payment assistance, right? So um, FHA and other programs, as well as first-time home buyer programs, whether it's at the larger institutions, your JP Morgans, your cities, um, you know, Rocket Mortgage and others, have to be creative in terms of the types of products and access to products that would help to truly encourage first-time homeowners and to provide a level playing field for these minority communities, as well as, again, younger millennials who are also facing a lot of these issues. And then there's a little bit of a supply issue on the other side, right? Affordable first-time homes for, you know, graduates and, and early working professionals that end up competing with, you know, uh, baby boomers or other generations that have assets and, you know, getting into second, third homes. So there's a little bit of a, a, a supply and a demand issue um, on both sides. So we really need some creative solutions, um, both at the federal policy level, state, as well as with the financial institutions. Um, and then in reference to specific to minority communities, um, truly providing more um, access and, and more opportunities for uh, consumers that have been left out um, of those access opportunities or mortgage opportunities um, for the last, again, 30 to 40 years. Again, we can look at between 1968 and 2020 that we haven't made any progress. So that's a failure in a colossal level for the whole entire mortgage industry. So people, I would say, have to stop making pledges and talking and putting solutions and money where their mouth is. I agree. That's part of why I wanted to start this podcast. Um, we can talk about our initiatives, our plans all day, but until they're action, we won't get anything done. So thank you for joining us today, Castley. Thank you, Elsina. Guest, join us next week for some more Honest Conversations. Now more than ever, the housing industry is looking to its leaders for answers. That's why each week, the Housing News Podcast invites a new mortgage, fintech, or real estate executive to the show 
provide its listeners with more perspective on the announcements and news stories crossing Housing Wire's news desk. Hosted by Sarah Wheeler and produced by Elsina Lloyd, the Housing News Podcast is now available on iTunes, Spotify, Apple, Google Podcasts, and more. That's a wrap for today's episode of Housing Wire Daily. Remember to subscribe, rate, and review on Apple Podcasts, and join us again tomorrow.